unlocked on goals. Remember how excited we were about this set of games? Yeah, not so much anymore. We'll talk about all that on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, everyone? It is Goals Thursday. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. And Goals fans, thanks for making this your first listen of the week. Don't forget, this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, etc. You can find me on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. Let's get right into it. There were three games this past week for the San Diego Goals, including last night's game at Pachanga Arena. And it was a homecoming of sorts. And boy, how would you feel if I told you that a former San Diego goal burned the San Diego Goals? Arena. How would you feel? Yeah, I think you'd feel as good as the 5,000 or so fans that were at Pachanga last night. Awful. It was just, you, you feel awful, but at the same time, you're kind of somewhat happy for the former goal, sort of, kind of, not really. I mean, after the first goal, I was kind of like, oh, hey, look at that. He did it against his old team. Huh? Uh, okay, let's get right into it. First, let's talk about that roadie up in Abbotsford. We had the goals at the Canucks. This did not go well for San Diego, despite the fact that going into that game, the goals were riding high. They had a winning streak. They had some impressive wins against Abbotsford and San Jose and Stockton. Now, after that Stockton game, you kind of thought to yourself, they've turned a corner. They look really good right now. This could be what turns it around for the... Oh, wait, no, that's not going to be the turnaround. Oh, no. Okay, let's get right into it. So first, Saturday's game on the 22nd started off poorly for San Diego. Ah, Yoshiro Hirano. Now, this is a great story in the American Hockey League. I just want to talk about Hirano for a solid minute. Hirano is not from this part of the world. In fact, he is the first Japanese-born player to score a goal in the AHL. Scoring his first goal was a treat for him. Just 10 seconds into the game. Let me repeat that. 10 seconds into the game. This kid has come a long, long way. He first played with the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins just for a game about three years ago. He didn't score a goal. So now he gets another shot at this. And finally, in his fifth game in the AHL, he gets on the board and scores his first AHL goal. So congratulations to Yoshiro Hirano of the Abbotsford Canucks, first Japanese-born player to score a goal in the AHL. I think it's an awesome story. Um, I would definitely look it up. My buddy over there that works for FHP, Michael Liu, he's written a story about that. So definitely check that out. Read more about Yoshi Hirano. But nonetheless... 10 seconds in? Are you kidding me? 10 seconds into the game? That is not a good look for the San Diego goals. It's not good for that starting lineup that was out there at the time because they just all kind of looked around and kind of stayed on the heels of their feet. Hunter Drew didn't look good there. Cody Curran, what are you doing? Brent Gates, Lucas Elvinus. Actually, Elvinus did get burned on that one. Hunter Drew did get burned on that Pretty much everyone out there, including Alex Limoges, they all got burned on that play. So that made it 1-0 early on. 10 seconds into the game, I knew it was over. 
it's sad to say this, that I knew it was over 10 seconds into the game because the goals just came out flat at the start of the game. Completely flat. What do you do? What do you do at that point? Well, they give up another goal. Ashton Sautner, he scored his first of the season. That made it 2-0 very quickly. Yeah, I, I knew it was over. When it was 2-0, I just knew. Despite the fact the goals came back and scored two, after that, Abbotsford kind of went and said, no, screw this. A minute after Lucas Elvin has tied the game, John Stevens scored his sixth of the season. Hooray, 3-2 Canucks. And then Stevens scored again. Well, Lockwood scored again. Alex Limoges did score on the power play, but this was pretty late in the game. So that really sealed the deal for San Diego. The power play is working for San Diego still at least, but to no avail. Both teams won for five on the man advantage. Goals were outshot, I kid you not, 32-16. to 16. That's also how I knew it was over. Abbotsford was just out shooting the goals. But something that does not get on the box scores, the shot attempts were way more in favor of the Abbotsford Canucks. It's a plus 16 on shots on goal. It was something like a plus 30 for shot attempts. That's how bad it got. 5-3 was your final score. Hey, the goals were lucky they were within two, given how badly they were outshot, outattempted. Frankly, they were outplayed on this game. So that was the Saturday game. And I thought, surely they could come back on Sunday. No, they can't. Nope. Same thing. Yeah, they got outshot again on Sunday's game. Now, granted, they came out firing on the first period. Morgan Adams-Moyson scored his first of the season. Bo grew on the power play. Hey, that's working still. But then Chase Wooter scored. That made it 2-1 to one in favor of the goals. That was all the scoring San Diego would get after that. Because the second period... Let's talk about the second period for a minute. Do we have to? Yes. The goals were outshot in the second period. You ready for this? 25-8. to eight. Now, on this period, I did count shot attempts because I wanted to see just how bad it was. 44. <laughs> 44 to 14. Yeah. They were out shot attempted by 30 in one period. One period. Are you kidding me? San Diego didn't exactly help themselves either by committing three penalties in that period, Jack Bedini got two for boarding. That was a bad penalty to take. Then there was too many men, which resulted in a power play goal by Vincent Arsenault. Then Jack Bedini got caught for tripping. That it, it was not good. It was just not a good period for the San Diego goals. I would go so far as to say that was probably their worst period of the entire season. To get some bad penalties, to get outshot that badly, to have a minus 30 on shot attempts in one period. One period. That was the game right there. Sure, you can have a fantastic 40 minutes and still win. But if you have an absolutely abysmal 20 minutes, you are going to lose every time. That's exactly what happened to the San Diego goals. That that was a painful period to watch, folks. It was just awful. They wound up losing the game 4-2 in Abbotsford. Poor goals. All that work that they had done in the previous week, gone. Up in flames. Just on that one period alone. 
they can only go up from here. But if you have that bad of a period, I can't imagine the yelling that was going on in that locker room by Joel Bouchard. He must have been absolutely livid, as were many goals fans that had to watch that game. It was that bad, folks. Just awful. Oh, by the way, in that second period, Yoshido Hirano, he scored his second of the season. So, hey, how about that? Congrats to Hirano once again. Two goals in two games. I mean, they did come at the expense of the San Diego goals, but I'm not so blind as to not look at the whole picture, the big picture. This is great for the game to see someone that's of a different heritage, Japanese heritage, scoring two goals in two games. I do think that is very awesome. So I just want to give my congrats to Hirano on scoring a couple goals. All right, we're going to head into the first intermission. But first, let's talk about betonline.ag, which is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. And folks, it is Conference Championship Sunday in the NFL coming up. You have the Bengals that could win. They could be Kansas City. You never know. And you have the 49ers against the Rams here in SoCal. You also have the NBA and the NHL. So if you want to check out the latest lines, head over to betonline.ag. Use promo code Locked On to get your 50% welcome bonus. Once again, that's betonline.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly. Welcome back to Locked On Goals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez as we are talking about the last few games for the San Diego Goals. We got to talk about last night's game in San Diego. This was just beyond belief. If you thought last Sunday's game was bad against the Canucks, this one might have been worse. Might have been. But... At least it was kind of a homecoming for Kiefer Sherwood. Uh, one of my favorite interviews, to be honest. Kiefer Sherwood did get to play with the San Diego Goals for a few seasons. Uh, have met him. Super nice guy. One of my favorite interactions with Kiefer Sherwood, just by the way, was when he scored that really stupidly bizarre hat trick at Pachanga two years ago. Where he scored a shorthanded goal, a penalty shot, and another shorty. To get a hat trick, still one of the most unusual hat tricks I've ever seen in person, and that was it. Why am I talking about Kiefer Sherwood? Well, let's go right into the action. First period, Colorado-San Diego trading nothing in early on. There was a lot of back and forth, but hardly any shots on goal. They were just kind of going back and forth, going through the motions, as they usually do. Alex Limoge did get on the power play after a tripping call. His eighth of the season, Alex Limoges, starting to heat up a little bit. That made it 1-0 San Diego. And just 34 seconds later, Kiefer Sherwood. Yes, that Kiefer Sherwood, former San Diego goal, current Colorado Eagle, scored his 12th of the season for the Eagles. That made it a 1-1 tie. And then we go to the second period. You ready, folks? Remember how I said the second period for the previous game was really bad? This one might have been worse because this is in front of the home crowd. 
Bo Grew got caught for roughing. This was a bad roughing play too. 10 seconds into the second period. So what do you think would happen there? Colorado scores on the power play again. Martin Kaut got his eighth of the season. That made it 2-1 to one Colorado. After that, it was all Eagles. All Eagles. Brent Gate Jr.'s got a cross-checking penalty. So guess what? Colorado's on the power play again. Guess what would happen again? Kiefer Sherwood happens again. His second of the game. Only five minutes into the second. And guess what? We were on hat-trick watch on this game. That made it 2-1 to Colorado. Now, I'm going to stop right here. I'm just going to stop myself right here. At the time, it wasn't so bad yet. What was a little bit kind of funny of sorts was I did have a friend that was at the game and told me if Kiefer Sherwood had gotten the goal, he did over here one fan saying, yeah, I would have tossed my hat. Once a goal, always a goal. I would have tossed my hat. How would you feel if you're the home team and the opposing player gets a hat trick and there's at least one Yahoo, there could be two, who knows, that toss their hats on the ice? How do you feel about that? I mean, I'd be torn. I would be absolutely torn on that. Now, at the time of that goal, Colorado got the first eight shots on goal. I'll repeat that. The first eight shots. And then after that, there were two more shots. So at the time, Colorado was out shooting the goals 10 to 1. Hunter Drew finally got one through with about 11 and a half minutes left in the period. That was the only shot they would get in the second period. I kid you not. Because Colorado got the next 13 shots off. 13 shots. San Diego had virtually zero offensive zone puck possession for the rest of the second period. It was all Colorado from there. Helped in part by a bad high-sticking call from Brogan Rafferty. So, you ready for this? You ready to feel some pain? San Diego got outshot in the second period 23-1. to Let me repeat that. 23-1 to outshot in the second period. That means in two games, the game on Sunday and the game on Wednesday, in the middle frame, they were outshot a whopping 48 to 9. I'll repeat that because that stat is just unbelievable. San Diego was outshot 48 to 9 in the last period two, so the last two games. That that's a stupid stat. You cannot do that if you're the San Diego goals. You cannot come out just completely flat in the second period all the time. And let the opposing team just shoot and shoot and shoot relentlessly at that. 48 to 9. My God. Now, for what it's worth, San Diego did score a couple of goals late after another Dylan Sakura power play. That made it 4 to 1 Colorado. Hey, San Diego did try coming back. Nicholas Bruyard scored. And then on what winds up being a 6 on 4 power play for the goals very late in the game. Trevor Carrick did score his fourth, so hey, it made it a one-goal game. And then Callahan Burke scored an empty netter right after that. Yeah, that was that was all she wrote. Final score, 5-3 to three in favor of the Colorado Eagles. And if it wasn't for those abysmal second periods, the goals could have picked up some points in the standings. But alas, 
They did not. So I do want to take a look at the special teams really quick because it's pretty bad. Power play right now is only 17.8%. That is last in the Pacific Division. That is among the worst power play teams in the entire AHL. It's up there. Only teams that are worse, the Grand Rapids Griffins, the Cleveland Monsters, the Belleville Senators, the Bridgeport Islanders, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins at an 11.9 clip. That's like last year's Ducks bad. Oh, the PK is not much better. The penalty killing for San Diego right now is only 79.7%. Ugh, that's no bueno. But nonetheless, San Diego somehow are still kind of in it in the standings. I'll go over those very quickly. San Diego, as of right now, they're still in 7th place. Behind them is Tucson, who is free-falling, and San Jose, who is really free-falling. They're in the bottom of the standings. As of right now, the San Diego goals with that 7th spot would be in a playoff against the powerful Ontario Reign. But that could all change because there are some important games over the weekend. And I'll just go with one of them that's not a goals game. Stockton plays Ontario. Whoever wins that game will have first place in the standings for now heading into the not-so-all-star break. As far as the goals schedule, I'll go over that very quickly. Coming up Friday and Saturday, a pair of games at Iowa. So we get to see the Iowa Wild this weekend. That could be fun. And then next Wednesday, the goals return home to play Colorado once again. Watch out for Kiefer Sherwood again. So those are the three games coming up this week. Hopefully we can get some wins out of these. All right, we are going to head into the second intermission right now, and we're going to have a carryover from an important topic that I discussed earlier in the week. We'll get to that on the other side. Welcome back to Locked On Goals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. And this last segment I specifically saved because it's kind of a carryover from something that I talked about a couple of days ago. And this is a sensitive topic, but I won't delve into it as much this time since I have one segment left. So first, a quick follow up on the story that I brought to you a couple of days ago. And this had to do with Jacob Panetta and his his monkey gesture towards Jordan Subban. So here's what happened from the ECHL. They announced earlier today that Jacob Panetta has been suspended for the remainder of the season as a result of a racial gesture during the game. However, it also says that he will have a conditional opportunity to apply to the ECHL for a reduction of the suspension and reinstatement after March 17th, 2022 pending successful completion of a learning experience conducted in conjunction with the NHL's Player Inclusion Committee. Okay, and here's what the ECHL commissioner had to say. Quote, Insensitive actions and gestures, regardless of intent, cannot be tolerated in our game. We all need to learn and grow from this incident and remain steadfast to further educating and advancing our commitment to diversity and equity, and inclusion throughout our league, 
end quote. This isn't just black players. This is players like just any non-white player. This is why I made a big deal in the first segment when I talked about the two games against the Vancouver Canucks. I made a big deal about Hirano scoring his first AHL goal, being a Japanese-born player, playing hockey, and scoring his first two goals against the San Diego Goals. It's a big deal, especially for someone of Japanese heritage. Like I've said, anyone can play hockey. Hockey is for everyone, whether you're white, black, Japanese. It doesn't matter. Anybody can play hockey. And these kind of achievements should be celebrated. And I'm sure that Hirano has heard his share of racist comments at some point. But, you know, good on him for making it to the AHL. I hope at some point he makes it to the NHL. I think that'd be really cool. But even making it to the AHL and scoring two goals in two games, it's a big deal. That's what I really want to see. Now, going back to this suspension, he could be reinstated after St. Patrick's Day if he does a completion of a program, I guess, for the NHL's Player Inclusion Committee. This was brought about for the NHL fairly recently. This is part of the Hockey Diversity Alliance. You know, there is also the program that hockey is for everyone. And what I want to take from this, I do hope we grow from this. I hope that we as a hockey community grow out of this. You know, we we still have a lot to learn. And as long as we can get racism out of the game, that would be for the better. That would absolutely be for the betterment of everyone playing, for the fan experience. Just good all around. So... We need to take steps to make this a better game. It's admittedly still going to take some time because the fact that we're still getting these incidents in 2022, it is shameful. And I try to stay as optimistic as possible about this. I'm trying to stay optimistic, but it's terrible when you have two separate instances and two separate leagues of the same result happening. Now, what the AHL did is they set a precedence by having that 30-game suspension, which is pretty much the rest of the season. And the ECHL straight up said, no, it will be for the rest of the season. What I don't like is the possibility of having this reinstated. There should be a precedent that if you do a racist action like that, you should be suspended for the rest of the season. And should not be coming back. That's where I stand. Jacob Panetta should not be playing hockey again for the rest of this season. That's where I stand, personally. Whether you agree or not, that's what I think should happen. Because getting it reduced could set a precedent that, hey, could players get away with this? Could we get only 15 to 20 games if we complete a program? Is it considered a slap on the wrist? Five games was a slap on the wrist. 30 games sent a message. 38 games with the possibility of reinstatement sends a message, but at the same time, it sends a mixed message. You want to suspend him for the rest of the season, 
but now you're not? So what kind of message is the league trying to send out exactly? That's what's getting to me right now is I want to try to figure out exactly where they're coming from this. You know, maybe they really do want to give him that second chance. But what does that tell every other player out there? What exactly is that saying? So we still have some more questions and answers. But nonetheless, that is the latest on the unfortunate incident that happened in Jacksonville, Florida. And just one final thought on this before we wrap up. I did mention the personal story that I had. And thank you to those of you that reached out. And thank you for saying that I'm appreciated. Like, I really, really thank you guys that reached out. It hurts that I get those comments. And I I don't get it. I don't get how we can still have these belief systems in 2022, whether it's ignorance or what. But to those of you that had great messages, thank you sincerely. And hopefully we can learn from this. And maybe this is me being optimistic, but we shouldn't have racism at the same time we think that we're a modern and civilized society. We we shouldn't. So hopefully we all learn from this as a society and we can just stop this racism or at the very least make it happen less and less and less. All right, Uh, that's kind of my hope for the future. And what I'm going to do for the future, by the way, is there are programs out there to help black kids play hockey. And one of my favorite programs that I've donated to in the past and I plan on donating to again, it's a community that's near and dear to Willie O'Ree. Who, by the way, I still it still boggles my mind that the Willie O'Ree induction ceremony got overshadowed by these two incidents that happened. I still can't believe it. But anyway, there's a great program that's partially about education in the black community, and it's called Ice Hockey in Harlem. I've donated to them in the past. I pledged money towards them for a Hockey Jeopardy episode. And I'm going to do it again. I'm definitely going to donate some more money to Ice Hockey in Harlem. Those are the kind of programs that I hope continue to thrive. So if you think you want to help out a little bit, look up programs like that, like Ice Hockey in Harlem. So that's where I'm trying to go with this. Those are just little steps that I think we could do to make hockey more inclusive and to continue the message that hockey is indeed for everyone. All right, we're going to end on that note. Thank you all once again for listening. It's greatly, greatly appreciated. And please make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Be sure to rate five stars. We are now rateable on Spotify. So if you're listening on Spotify, go ahead and rate five stars. I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, Don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Spotify, Stitcher, Odyssey, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, among others. And you can follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. Thank you all so much for listening. It is greatly appreciated. We will be back tomorrow to talk about the last two games 
on this road trip. So stay tuned for that. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please continue to be kind to one another. And I say this especially today. Please be kind to one another. Be safe out there. And Ducks and Gulls fly together. <laughs>